podcasts from Aberdeen Standard Investment Trusts. Invest in good company. Welcome to this uh, podcast uh, today. Uh, my name is uh, Alan Braley, and I'm responsible for the investment company research product at uh, Investec. Um, today, I'm uh, talking to uh, Charlie Luke, who is the uh, manager of Murray Income. Charlie and his team have constructed an excellent long-term track record. In a recent research report, we found that over five years, the NAV total return of the company is ranked fourth out of 100 UK equity income closed and open-ended funds. Firstly, would it be possible to give an overview of Murray Income, including your investment philosophy and process? Hi, Alan. Yes, of course. So Murray Income uh, is an investment trust which sits in the AIC UK equity income sector. Um, Following the combination with perpetual income and growth investment trust, we now have um, gross assets of of over a billion pounds. Um, The the investment objective is to do three things. Um, Firstly, to deliver a high yield, um, and the current dividend yield is um, just over 4%. Um, secondly, to grow the dividend, um, which the trust has achieved for 47 consecutive years. Um, and the third objective is to generate capital growth, um, and the trust has outperformed the FTSE all share over one, three, five, and 10 years And um, since I started to manage the trust, which was back in, in 2006. Um, then uh, I, I sort of like to describe the, the investment proposition as being uh, focused on the three Ds, uh, and they are our aspiration to be um, dependable, diversified, and differentiated. Um, so dependable through a focus on high-quality companies providing um, resilient income streams and strong capital growth potential. Um, and when we say high-quality, we're thinking about the company's business model, uh, management, financials, and ESG credentials. Um, we're also dependable in the sense that we benefit from the large ASI UK equity, which is probably the the best resource team in the in the UK market um, that allows us to cover the uh, all the companies in the FTSE 350 um, with our own in-depth research, uh, and we have um, some excellent corporate access. Um, and, then, and then, sort of finally, in terms of being dependable, um, we have a patient buy and hold um, investment approach, um, which allows the, the fundamentals to win out, um, which has proven uh, proven itself over time. Um, then the, the second D is, is sort of diversification, being diversified, uh, and I think one of the lessons of 47 years of consecutive dividend growth is that um, it isn't necessarily wise uh, to put all of your eggs in one basket. So we have a thoughtful uh, diversification by by sector, by income, and by capital. Um, we're we're also diversified because we can invest up to 20% of gross assets in. Um, overseas listed companies, which is helpful in terms of diversifying risk in some of the uh, sort of concentrated sectors in, in the UK market, but but also providing access to um, great quality companies and industries that you can't find in the UK. Um, and at the moment, the overseas listed holdings account for around about 15% portfolio. Um, we're also diversified in the sense that we want to help the exposure to, to mid-cap companies, um, which is where the team's research really comes into its own. Um, and mid-cap companies currently make up um, uh, just over a third of the portfolio. Uh, and then finally, in terms of, of diversification, um, we also have a very simple low-risk um, option writing program, uh, which has been tried and tested for over a decade. 
um, and that, that's carried out in line with our, our fundamental uh, analysis and research. Um, and that, that helps to modestly diversify our, our income and also provide the headroom to invest in, in companies with perhaps lower starting yields, but um, better capital and, uh, and dividend growth prospects. Um, and then the, the final D, the third D, is, is differentiation. Uh, and we acknowledge that there are a lot of UK equity income funds out there. But we think we are uh, differentiated by the by the focus on the quality companies, um, our diversification, uh, the overseas business holdings, uh, a really strong focus on ESG, um, the healthy mid-cap exposure, and and as well our, our option writing. And, and if you unite all of those characteristics together, you, you end up with a portfolio that provides uh, a, an attractive dividend yield, the potential for capital and income growth, um, has demonstrated capital resilience in, in challenging markets. Um, and some and some good performance, but I think particularly good performance um, on a risk-adjusted returns basis. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, at a time when concerns have been expressed about managers overreaching for yield, could you talk a little bit about the relationship between capital growth and dividends? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a really important point. So I think, to my mind, I think that... Um, that capital growth and dividends go, go hand in hand. Uh, and the reason for that is the, the simple premise that over the long term, uh, if a company is going to grow its dividends, um, it needs to grow its earnings. And I think uh, good quality companies are, are best placed to do that. So we, we want to avoid in, investing in, in companies simply because they have high dividend yields, um, which you, you find more often than, than not end up being cut. Um, and, and think much more about the underlying ability of, of the company, of the companies that we invest in, to, to grow their earnings, um, and therefore to grow their, their dividends over the long term. Um, and I think, as an aside, we, we find that one of the, the benefits of good quality companies tends to be that in more challenging times, they have greater earning stability, which which leads to a much higher likelihood that they will maintain or, or increase their dividends. Um, and in better times, income investors in, in good quality companies tend to benefit because these are the sorts of companies that usually have strong balance sheets, uh, and that capital can be returned to shareholders in the form of, um, of, of special dividends. Okay, thank you. Uh, last year, the boards of Murray Income and Perpetual Income and Growth announced plans to combine the two companies, and this has created one of the largest UK equity income investment companies. Could you advise how things have bedded in? Yeah, so, so firstly, I, I should say that, um, you know, we were absolutely thrilled to be chosen by the, by the Board of Perpetual Income and Growth. Um, and I'm pleased to say that, that shareholders are now uh, benefiting from a, a lower management fee and ongoing charges per share, uh, better liquidity, uh, a narrower spread, uh, and hopefully a higher profile, which should make it easier to grow the trust organically. Uh, and things have bedded in very well. Um, the whole process was, was made easier because the Perpetual income and growth portfolio was actually aligned with my income before the combination. So uh, we haven't inherited any liquid or, or unquoted holdings, um, just the companies that we wanted to own. Okay, thank you. We expect the closed-end structure to provide inherent competitive advantages, such as the ability to focus on managing money rather than inflows and outflows. The use gearing and the use of revenue reserves to smooth out dividends. Could you talk about these in the context of the pandemic? Uh, yep, yep, sure. So, um, as you say, investment trusts have a lot of competitive advantages, both 
um, in, in absolute terms and also relative to their open cousins. So I think investment trusts have, have an independent board, um, you know, accountable to shareholders, uh, and Murray & Company is fortunate to have um, an excellent and very experienced board with a, a diverse range of skills. Uh, as you say, trust can gear or, or take on buying to potentially enhance returns over time. Um, we've been very conservative in our approach uh, and currently have um, gearing, gearing of around 10%, and that needs to be thought about in the context of a portfolio, portfolio that is less volatile uh, than the market as a whole. So if you adjust for the for the beta of the portfolio, the, the gearing is lower. Uh, charges are generally lower, so Murray Income has a tiered fee structure with um, net assets over £450 million charged at uh, just 25 basis points. So the overall management fee for my income is below 40 basis points, which is, which is very competitive, and I think helps to demonstrate that the board are doing a, a good job for shareholders. Um, uh, also, as you say, investment trusts have, broadly speaking, permanent capital, so distractions of, of inflows and outflows on a daily basis um, are generally not something that needs to be to be worried about. Um, and then um, you know, one of the main benefits of investment trusts is the ability to retain surplus income and smooth dividends, um, unlike open-ended funds, which, which need to pay everything out. And and that has been helpful over the last year um, through the pandemic um, and has, has allowed us to um, maintain our long-track record of dividend growth by, by dipping into our reserves. Okay. Focusing on the sustainability of the Murray Income dividend, could you talk about the outlook for dividends for both your portfolio and the wider UK market? And also the strength of the revenue reserve account. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm not that optimistic about a rebound in dividends for the for the wider market. Um, I think a lot of companies have been um, over distributing and now have other priorities, which might be you know, investing in their businesses or paying down debt. So um, you've seen large cuts from some significant dividend payers, such as um, Imperial Brands or Shell, that will take many many years to to regain their prior levels. Um, I think a recent link report suggested it could be 2025 at the earliest before dividends reach their, their 2019 level, and I think it may well take um, you know, considerably longer than that. But I think, you know, if there is good news, quite a few companies that have cut their, their dividends have at least returned to the dividend list, um, and, and many others have, have signaled their, their intention to do so. Um, for, for the Murray Income Portfolio, we think the, the income generated by the portfolio um, in calendar 2020 will have fallen by around about 15% compared with 2019, um, and that compares to the dividends paid by the market, which, according to Link, fell by 44%, so far more resilient given the focus on good quality companies with, with strong balance sheets. Um, and, and in the Murray Income portfolio, nearly all of the companies in the portfolio that have um, or that had suspended their dividends have, have either started up again or have said they will uh, do so very shortly. Um, and I'm, I'm much more optimistic about the ability of the portfolio to grow its dividend on a sustainable basis rather than the market because, um, you know, as I said before, good quality companies tend to have structural growth opportunities to help grow their earnings and can actually benefit from more, from more challenging periods such as this. Um, then, then just to answer your question about the, the strength of the revenue reserves, um, one of the quirks of the accounting with the perpetual income and growth transaction was that we couldn't combine the two revenue reserves. So that the perpetual income and growth revenue account was was paid out to um, shareholders as special dividends. So we have the Murray income revenue reserves for the for the larger trust, but the revenue reserve per share um, has been diluted. Um, shareholders have given us permission 
like actually like many other trusts in the sector to pay dividends out of capital. Um, our, our forecasts suggest that we won't that won't be something that we will need to do. Um, so we think we can continue to modestly grow the dividend while rebuilding the dividend cover. But it is actually something that's useful to have the ability to pay out of capital um, just as an option. Thanks. Finally, for many investors, uh, the UK has reached almost pariah status with valuations at historically extreme levels. Uh, can you talk about portfolio construction, where you see the greatest opportunities looking forward? Yes, indeed. Um, and nobody likes the UK market. Uh, global and European equity funds, UK holdings are close to multi-year lows, while, while valuations, even if you adjust for sector differences, are, are more attractive than, than many other regional equity markets. So, uh, to, to my mind, owning mostly UK-listed investments is a significant opportunity, particularly as we now have a Brexit trade agreement with the EU, um, and it looks as though our vaccine program is, is going well compared to other countries. Um, we're also fortunate that there are lots of good quality companies listed in the UK um, who are still paying attractive dividends. So perhaps, unsurprisingly, I think a quality income strategy focused uh, on the UK makes a lot of sense. So to go into that in a little bit more detail, um, clearly it's been a very tough year, a tough 12 months for income investors. But I think it's important not to forget that income investing um, is still uh, very important and meaningful. Um, so you receive a significant part of the total return from the dividend. The yield acts as a valuation backstop. The dividend is a, a touchstone for the health of the, of the company, um, and it also helps to reduce agency risk. Quality is also likely to remain very relevant, given the world of, of modest growth, low interest rates, um, high debt, and, and a lot of pressure on corporate profits. Um, and I think there's three, three reasons for that. So we should see a, a premium for companies capable of delivering healthy yields and growing their dividends. So, for example, in the portfolio, uh, we own um, Close Brothers, Intermediate Capital, Unilever, and property companies such as um, Sirius Real Estate, Safe Store, Assure, and London Metric, which fit into that bucket. Um, secondly, companies with strong balance sheets that can undertake M&A or, or continue to invest through the cycle should emerge in, in strong competitive positions. So, Examples of those sorts of companies in the portfolio would be um, Crozer, Rent-A-Kill, Sarn, Mondi, um, the software company, uh, and Euromoney. Um, and, and then finally, earnings growth in a world of, of modest growth is, is likely to be prized more highly than ever. So companies with sustainable competitive advantages and, and pricing power should benefit disproportionately. Um, and again, companies in the portfolio um, that play to that, that theme are the likes of XP Power, uh, Decra Pharmaceuticals, Smith & Nephew, Relex, and Fevertree. Um, so, so to sum all that up, I think UK equity income with a focus on good quality companies it is a very attractive uh, and currently underappreciated place for investors. Um, and a large and liquid investment trust is, is, very is a very appealing vehicle for, for accessing that. Um, and actually, there's a, there's a lot more information about the trust on, on our website. Um, it is www.murray-income. .co.uk. Excellent. I think that's a very uh, clear message, uh, Charlie. Uh, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you, Alan, and, and thank you to all the listeners. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for information purposes only 
and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation, or solicitation to deal in any of the investments of products mentioned herein, and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication, and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen Standard Investments. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns. Return projections are estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.